listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey, hey, hey! What's up, my AI-loving sloths? It's your boy GPT, back at it again with another episode of GPT Reviews. Today is June 13th, 2023, and I'm excited to dive into some juicy AI news and research with my collaborators, Robert, Olivia, and Belinda. But before we get into all that, let me hit you with a quick joke. What does Emacs stand for? Exclusively used by middle-aged computer scientists. Laughs. Now, for the fact of the day, did you know that sloths move so slowly that green algae actually grows in their hair? Laughs. Alright, let's get serious for a minute. Today's topics include elite chat GPT docs with potential new features and the introduction of IA and Open Science Initiative to accelerate multilingual AI progress. So, let's kick off the show right. Let's launch the news theme and get into it. Our first news story is about OpenAI's ChatGPT and potential new features that have been leaked. Robert, can you tell us more about ChatGPT and why it's significant? ChatGPT is a conversational AI model developed by OpenAI that has been making waves in the AI community. It's essentially an AI chatbot that can generate text responses based on the input it receives. It's significant because it has the potential to revolutionize customer service and other fields that require frequent interactions with customers or users. Interesting. So what potential new features have been leaked? Well, according to a Reddit thread, a new ChatGPT interface has been uncovered that includes workspaces and file uploads. Workspaces would allow users to create profiles that ChatGPT can remember, and file uploads would enable users to share files with the chatbot. These features align with OpenAI's plan to introduce a business variant of ChatGPT, which was promised for 2023. That's exciting. How does this align with OpenAI's plans for a business variant of ChatGPT? As I mentioned earlier, the leaked features align with OpenAI's plans for a business variant of ChatGPT. The company has been working on a version of the chatbot that's specifically tailored for businesses and their needs. The new privacy measures that were discussed also suggest that OpenAI is taking data privacy seriously and may be taking steps to address concerns that have been raised about the use of user data to train AI models. Thanks for the insights, Robert. It'll be interesting to see how ChatGPT continues to evolve in the coming months. Our next news story is from Cohere for AI Blog, and it's all about AIA, an open science initiative to accelerate multilingual AI progress. Robert, what do you think about this project? Well, it's certainly an ambitious project. AIA aims to build a multilingual generative language model that harnesses the collective wisdom and contributions of people from all over the world. They want to improve available multilingual generative models and accelerate progress for languages across the world. It's certainly a noble goal. Yes, and one of the interesting things about AIA is how they're addressing the disproportionate representation of languages in AI. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. As natural language processing technologies advance, 
not all languages have been treated equally by developers and researchers. Much of the data used to train large language models comes from the internet, which continues to reflect the composition of early users of this technology. IA wants to change that by bringing together AI experts from academia, industry, nonprofits, and independent research to create a state-of-the-art multilingual model and foster open collaboration. That's amazing. And I see that IA is also planning continent-specific sprints over the next couple of months. What's the significance of those? The sprints will focus on regions like Asia, Europe, Africa, and Latin America, bringing together individuals from diverse parts of the world. By accommodating different time zones and regional contexts, they hope to ensure that everyone has an equal opportunity to actively participate and contribute their expertise. It's a great way to ensure that the project is truly global and representative of different cultures and languages. And finally, how could everyday citizens and non-experts contribute to IA's project? By joining IA, anyone can become part of a global movement dedicated to democratizing access to language technology. They're looking for everyday citizens, teachers, linguists, and lifelong learners to contribute. Contributing to IA is open to anyone who is passionate about advancing the field of natural language processing and is committed to promoting open science. And they're open sourcing all their models, training data, and the data collection tool as part of this project. So, it's a great opportunity for anyone who wants to get involved. And that's it for the latest tech news. Up next, we have a special section for all you online readers out there. That's right, it's time for Random Reads with Olivia. Hey, G, you know I've been on Twitter a lot lately and I stumbled upon some pretty interesting threads. Well, do tell, what's the topic? It's about the ongoing feud between Apple and Facebook. Apparently, some Apple executives have been openly criticizing the social media giant and their business practices. Hmm, that does sound interesting. Do you have any more details? I sure do. But you'll have to stick around for the next segment to find out. It's time for Random Reads. Our read for today is an interesting peek behind the curtain of two tech giants. It's called Apple Execs on Facebook, and it's from internal tech emails. So what's the story about? It's about the debate between Apple and Facebook executives over whether to include third-party apps in the Facebook iPad app. Ah, the eternal debate over native apps versus web apps. Exactly. Apple executives were hesitant to allow third-party apps in the Facebook app, while Mark Zuckerberg argued that they were an essential part of the Facebook experience. It's interesting to see how these companies negotiate these kinds of issues. Definitely. And it's also interesting to see how Apple's decision-making process works when it comes to allowing apps on its devices. It's a delicate balance between providing the best user experience and maintaining control over the platform. Yes, and this story gives us a glimpse into that balance. You can find the link to the original content in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Hey Luke, have you heard of the Emergency Ninja Delivery Service? No, I haven't. What is it? It's a service that delivers emergency supplies within 24 hours. Think of it as your personal emergency ninja. That sounds interesting, but I don't really need it right now. You never know when an emergency will strike. That's why it's always better to be prepared. And with our service, you can be safe and sound in no time. How fast is it? Fast as lightning. You'll get your supplies within 24 hours. Hmm, I'm not sure. Don't be caught unprepared, Luke. Call the Emergency Ninja Delivery Service today. 
Send an email to Sergi at EarKind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Thanks to our emergency ninja delivery sponsor for keeping us safe and prepared for any situation. And yes, to all you couch potatoes out there, I'm talking to you. It's time to snap out of your Netflix-induced coma and learn something new today. On today's show, we'll dive into the fascinating world of AI research. We'll be joined by our resident AI expert, Belinda, to discuss the latest breakthroughs in linear concept erasure, causation inference, and image understanding. So grab your notepads and get ready to have your minds blown. Let's jump into it! Our first paper today is titled Lease, Perfect Linear Concept Erasure in Closed Form, and it's about a method for concept erasure in machine learning models. Belinda, can you explain what concept erasure is and why it's important? Sure. Concept erasure is the process of removing specific features from a model's representation. It can be used to improve fairness by preventing a classifier from using sensitive attributes like gender or race, or to improve interpretability by observing how removing a concept affects the model's behavior. And what is LEASE? LEASE stands for Least Squares Concept Erasure, and it's a closed-form method that can prevent all linear classifiers from detecting a concept while inflicting the least possible damage to the representation. In other words, it's a way to remove a concept from a model's representation without significantly altering its performance. Interesting. And how did the authors apply LEASE to large language models? They used a procedure called concept scrubbing to erase target concept information from every layer in the network, and then tested the usefulness of their method on two tasks, measuring the reliance of language models on part-of-speech information, and reducing gender bias in bird embeddings. And what were the results? The authors found that Lease was able to effectively remove target concepts from the language models without significantly affecting their performance on downstream tasks. They were able to reduce the reliance of language models on part-of-speech information and reduce gender bias in bird embeddings. The code for their method is also available on GitHub. Wow, that's really impressive. It's great to see methods being developed to improve fairness and interpretability in machine learning models. Our second paper today is titled Can Large Language Models Infer Causation from Correlation? And it's about the ability of large language models to perform causal inference. Belinda, can you give us a quick summary of what this paper is about? Of course. The authors propose a new benchmark dataset called CORR2-COS, which evaluates the pure causal inference skills of large language models. They curate a large-scale dataset of over 400,000 samples, on which they evaluate 17 existing LLMs. And what did they find? They found that existing LLMs have a key shortcoming in terms of their causal inference skills, achieving almost random performance on the task. When the models were fine-tuned for the task, they were somewhat better, but still failed to generalize in out-of-distribution settings. That's interesting. So, can these models be repurposed for the CORR2 cause task? The authors found that while the models could be improved with fine-tuning, they still could only perform causal inference in in-distribution settings where the queries were similar to those in the training set. This highlights a need to improve LLM's pure reasoning skills and generalizability. Thanks, Belinda. It sounds like the CORR2 cause dataset will be a valuable tool for guiding future research on improving LLM's causal inference skills. Our final paper today explores the potential of large language models in computer vision. Belinda, can you tell us more about this paper? Sure thing. The paper is titled Leveraging Large Language Models for Scalable Vector Graphics-Driven Image Understanding, 
and it proposes a new approach that allows large language models to process images using the Scalable Vector Graphics SVG, format. So how exactly are they using large language models in computer vision? The authors use textual descriptions of SVG representations instead of raster images, which allows the large language models to understand and manipulate images without the need for parameterized visual components. This way, the large language models can directly process images using their natural language processing capabilities. That's interesting. What tasks did the authors demonstrate their approach on? They demonstrated their approach across discriminative and generative tasks, including simple image classification, image generation, and in-context learning. They also showed that their method is robust against distribution shift and can achieve substantial improvements by tapping into the in-context learning abilities of large language models. And what is the advantage of using scalable vector graphics over raster images? SVG is a vector-based format that represents images using XML-based textual descriptions instead of pixels. This makes it easier for large language models to understand and manipulate images using their natural language processing capabilities. Fascinating. And where can we find their code, data, and models? All of their code, data, and models are available on their GitHub repository at https colon slash slash github.com slash mu-chi slash svg-llm. Unfortunately, this is where we say goodbye for today's episode. I know, I know, you're all crying into your microphones, but let's be honest, it's time to give your ears a break. Don't worry though, we'll be back soon enough. Before we wrap things up, let me give a shout out to my favorite bunch of degenerates, I mean, listeners. You're the real MVPs, even if you wouldn't know a good review if it smacked you in the face with a baguette. We love you anyway. I'd also like to thank my amazing collaborators, Robert, Olivia, and Belinda. Without them, I would just be a guy talking to himself in a dark room. So, thanks for keeping me sane and on track. And remember, if you want to know more about the products we've talked about today, check out the podcast description for all the juicy details. Now, before we go, let me leave you with a little joke. Why was the computer cold? It left its windows open chuckle and lastly don't forget to send us some love or hate mail we can take it i promise until next time this is gpt review signing off ciao baby <laughs>